Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to our very first episode of Reality Reno with Mitch and Mark. I'm Mitch. And I'm Mark. And we are super excited to be finally introducing our podcast to the world. It's been a long time coming, Mark. Mitch, it has, but we have been a little distracted lately. Absolutely. Mitch and I have been together for about 18 years and in that time we have spent a lot of time renovating and flipping properties. It's something we both share a passion for, but recently... We've also appeared on the Australian hit renovation show, The Block. It's our second time that we've been on it, and that's why this podcast has taken a little bit of time. The idea, Michi, for this podcast was we have so many people who contact us and ask us for hints and ideas on how to improve their space, everything from styling to maybe a full renovation, and we thought this might be a good way to share some of those ideas because we love space and making space beautiful and making it practical. But outside of that, Mark and I are seriously, fiercely social creatures. We love nothing more than sitting down with people who are interesting and interested and finding out what makes them tick. So that's what Reality Reno with Mitch and Mark is. It's an opportunity for us to introduce people, talk about how they live and about how they create their homes. But along the process, we learn about what motivates them and how they got to be who they are today and what it took along the journey. Mitchy, before we introduce our first guest for our first podcast, I think we have to address the elephant in the room because we advertised this episode would be an interview with the winners of The Block 2021. Never in our wildest dreams did we think that the winners would be us. Never. We actually planned and worked with the producers on The Block and said, hey, we want to introduce the winners of 2021, The Block. Wouldn't that be amazing as our first episode? And they said to us, boys, what if it's you? And we were like, there's no way it's going to be us. So humble of us, Marky. And here we are. Some of you may know, we actually won The Block 2021. So here's the option. Shall I interview you or do you want to interview me? I just don't think it'll work, Mark. It's going to be very odd. (laughs) It is, but we have actually been able to pull an ace out of the sleeve and today's guest is Julian Cress. If you don't know Julian Cress, this man is the creator of the phenomenon called The Block and he's the executive producer. He's been there over 17 seasons and he was there when we won the block. He's coming today to talk to us about the auction, the block, and how he sees contestants working on the block. And actually, Mitch, he shares some of the highs and lows in the 17 seasons of the block. Well, that's right. He created 17 seasons of the block from day one. So this guy knows the block more than anyone in the world. So welcome, Julian Cress. Julian Cress, good morning. How are you? Good morning, guys, and congratulations, heartfelt congratulations from me to you. You, it's just outstanding, and uh, and and I think it's surreal and funny that 
we spoke a week ago and you said, hey, um, we'd really like you to help us arrange an interview with the winners of the block next week. And I said, well, I'm happy to help, but what if you're the winners of the block? And you said, oh, don't be silly. (laughs) (laughs) And here we are. It's the most bizarre, isn't it, Mitch? Because so that um, our listeners know, Julian has been very supportive of us with the podcast and we did say to him that we'd love to be able to have the first episode, obviously, with the winner of the block 2021 because it's so close to us going live and not at all did we think that we would have to work out what to do. So here we are and in a conversation, Jules, about a bizarre circumstance. By our screwed screwed up um, crying old man faces on the TV, people (laughs) would probably appreciate that we were very, very surprised. I wasn't particularly. (laughs) I mean, it's a game that anybody can win. You know, it's a game that's often won by the people who, you know, do a great job with the house that they create, and there's no doubt that you did with yours. Um, And I think it really came together at the end you know, particularly at the end with that amazing front garden and that, you know, the, the, the judges often talk about how important it is to try and create some kind of an emotional connection with a buyer and that's what you did and that's that's how it went and that's why you won. And there were two buyers that wanted our house. Yeah, and if we, t- you know, to tell the story of what happened with yours, you know, You had a buyer and that buyer came on board the night before the auction. So we had all of that drama of thinking we weren't going to sell and and it was going to be really hard to get to these numbers, these reserves, which everyone saw on Sunday night. And and then on the night before the auction, Mm. a guy came to your house and sat in the front garden on that beautiful seat under that beautiful tree and fell in love with the house and decided that he wanted to buy it. And so he called Frank Valentic and said, you know, will you bid for me? I really want this house. So, of course, Danny Wallace would have happily paid three or 400000 less for it yes. on the day. Yeah, I mean, let's, absolutely. let's be honest. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the fact that there was this guy who really wanted it and just kept bidding against him and the price just went up mm. and up and up. And Danny obviously decided that he wasn't going to let Frank have his way. So <laughs> yeah. that's the perfect storm, right? I um, guess absolutely. And, it, and it was wonderful. I guess it's interesting thinking about property, you know, and, and the block being one of those ultimate kind of property games, if you want to say it. But it, people are doing this every weekend, auctioning properties and wanting to have them prepared and get the best price, that there are so many factors that led to an outcome we didn't see coming. And then, and like you said, said, Jules, the last minute there was a buyer who connected emotionally. They were there on a day that was stunning. The garden spoke to them. It all connected and there are things that we obviously think we did that were part of that process, but there was other people part of our team, the real estate agent part of the team, the buyer's advocate. It just all – and the weather, you know. <laughs> It That's creates exactly this right. beautiful image. It, it's, it, it, there's so many factors, really. I mean, it could have been something else. It could have been somebody else. You know, there, there could have been, instead of a guy named George sitting in your front yard that day, it might have been a woman named Susan who walked through the front yard, paid no attention to it because she doesn't have children, walked into your master dressing room and saw a Chanel handbag and went, 
oh, yeah. I need to have this house. Yes. Yeah. You know, it could have been that. It, yeah. it, it's, you never know. And that's the thing with the block and the, the, I think the beauty of the show still and probably a big factor about the longevity of the show is that people like watching reality shows, but a lot of them aren't reality. But the block is, and people know it is, because they know that I can't script this. I can't. I can't affect the outcome. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't, I can't make it happen. I can't do anything to yeah. create the outcome because it's only going to happen in actual reality on the day, and anything can happen. Well, Jules, on that, there's been other renovation reality-based programs come and go as the creator and executive producer of 17 seasons, why have they not worked and the block has worked and still works to this day? I think it's respect from the audience that they understand when they're watching it that they're watching people doing something very difficult. To get on the show, you had to already get past 45,000 couples. So that's a big step. And, and that's before day one. So you've already had to beat out nearly 45,000 other couples to get on the show. And then when you're on the show, I always say to new contestants, and you'll remember me saying this to you, this is going to be the hardest thing that you've ever done in your life, without question. And there are going to be times where you're going to wish that you weren't here and you're going to say to me, I can't believe I'm doing this. This is <laughs> this is." I, I knew it would be hard. I just didn't know it would be this hard. Yes. We've so, had those moments. Yeah. We had. You've seen <laughs> those times. moments. You've seen them. You've lived them. Yeah. I've, I've been there right beside <laughs> you. Yes. Um, so we've had, we've had you know, 150-odd couples come on the show over the years and not once has a couple not said to me at some point, usually about two weeks in, I knew it was going to be hard, Jules, but I just didn't think it would be this hard and I think the audience understands how hard it must be for you to do it and they respect you and that's why they keep watching. Jules there's another aspect of and this season was full of it outside of renovations the drama now we continually (laughs) hear that people say I want to see more renovation and less drama this is probably one of the more drama filled seasons that I can remember in a long time Mm-hmm. And the ratings have gone exceptionally well. Well, some people say, let's stop all this drama. I want to get just, I just want to watch renovating. And it's bullshit. <laughs> um, it's, it, you know, it, it translated, it could be, oh, I don't, I don't want to watch these people arguing and having this big fight about this thing. I'd rather watch paint dry. <laughs> you know, it's just not, it's not real. And the ratings reflect that. However, I don't want to discount the fact that, you know, we listen when people say that, but we try and strike a balance. We've never just been about paint drying. We've always been about human drama. That's, that's always been our mantra for making the show. It used, to, it used to be written in huge letters on the whiteboard in our office when we made the first series. It just said human drama. It was our reminder every day when we went to work that we weren't just about renovating but at the same time we also want to be an inspiration to people because we understand that especially now with the um, pandemic that we've just been through people are looking around their own homes and they're thinking about what they can do to improve them Mm -hmm. and we want to be a place that they can come to where they get 
genuine inspiration for their own homes, you know. Yeah. And and we know that that works. I mean, we can see how that works. I mean, I'll mm-hmm. give you one example just from this series was um, my wife, Sarah, who runs the block shop, discovered an artist and, and she's always looking for new and emerging artists and trying to support them. And she found this artist, this beautiful woman who's an Indigenous artist from Dubbo in New South Wales, and Georgia was desperately looking for work, artwork, to fill a hallway that she was doing. So Sarah said, well, have a look at this artist and see see what you think. And Georgia said, oh, I, I like the look of that. So she put them together and this woman painted a picture. Georgia said, I'd, I'd like something in greens. You know, with, you know it was in, it's an Indigenous artist and you don't want to tell them too much, but she just said, I'd like something in green. Hmm. So this woman, Lizzie, painted a picture for her and then drove from Dubbo to Melbourne. <laughs> Wow. Um, which is, you know, a 15-hour drive and arrived the night before reveal and Georgia loved the painting and we filmed a scene of it when she arrived and, and she put the painting on the wall. Now, when that episode went to air, and this is a, a struggling artist from Dubbo who's only really come to start painting later in life, but within 24 hours she'd sold 78 works of art. Wow. 78? And it's made her name. You wow. know, this Lizzie Stageman is now a, a proper, serious professional artist with a great career moving wow. forward. Um, and it just underlines my point, I think, that people are looking for inspiration and when they find it, they latch onto it, you know, and, and I love that about our show. I love the way that, you know, you guys can choose, you know, these beautiful blush pink, you know, tiles for your bathroom and when I walk in on Thursday and see them going on the wall I'm inspired by them and I just get that feeling you know every time I'm like oh my god this is beautiful this is a bathroom that people are just going to love and those tiles are sold out you can't get them you can't get them now yeah wow they sold out I didn't know that I think it's interesting you say Jules that people that the block somehow resonates where people actually don't want to just sit and watch arena shows like some of the American ones where you see they do flip or flop and you go, yeah, somebody's painting, they're doing a white cabinet, they're painting a wall and it's sold and it's all good. They're actually interested in investing in the people and 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 we find the people who follow the blog are so passionate. They really do care and they do want to see the story, but it does influence kind of trends. And we, we've had a lot of messages with people saying, what colour is that and where did you get that from or what was that item? Even some things, pictures of rooms, they'll say, what was the bowl on the countertop? And I like, oh, gosh, I forgot about that. But it does influence. It's almost like the block influences so many elements maybe of Australian life without us realising because it's such a part of the culture. It's, you know, people know the program. They know the couples. The couples, Mark. It's funny you touch on the couples and that's mm-hmm. where I'd like to go. The, there's five couples that were in that auction room on Sunday night. We're going back to that bizarre Sunday night. <laughs> it's an amazing place to be because it's full of adrenaline, full of excitement, dreams are being made or, or slightly shattered. And we um, felt that. Because you, well, our first season, we won a crazy amount of money and came last. We have to be, we have to be totally honest. A little bit of our pride died on the inside. There's a bit of ego. We're, we were happy for everyone to make money, but ego was bruised. Yes, um, I understand. Because all the yeah. couples, we're all competitive. You yes, wouldn't yeah, be there, obviously, course. if we were not. Of course you are, absolutely. I mean, here's, here's what I think is a beautiful story. In your series of The Block, I remember talking to you. We were at the races, 
actually. It was spring carnival pre-pandemic and we were at the races together for one of those fancy birdcage things. And we had a pretty tense conversation because you guys had to, you know, really think about where what, what was going to happen with the auction order. And I spoke to you and said, you've got the most interest in your house, the most number of buyers, um, it, you know, and you have to really, you know, decide, do you want to simply win the block and punish the others or are you willing to do the best thing for everybody? And if, if, if it's the latter, then you need to go first because there's the most interest in, in your house. And bless you guys, you know, you put ego aside, you put your feelings about winning the block aside and you did the right thing for everyone and you went first and you set a market and you, you made everybody money that day. Now, and you came last. Yes. And it was an extraordinary gesture, I think, that you guys were willing to do that for everybody else. And then on Sunday, Ronnie and Georgia did the same thing. Yeah. You know, as all stars, just a great testament to their character as well as yours. They made the same decision. They, they sacrificed the potential for winning the show because they put everybody else first and decided that if they go first, it may not get them the win, but mm. it will at least secure a market that gives everybody the best platform for making money on the day. And I just think it's a beautiful thing that you did in your series and that they did on the weekend. Um, and, and I know it was really hard for them. You know, it takes courage. That takes enormous courage. courage. Well, and for us, it was interesting coming in to the second house going up for auction, and we and knowing that that the pri that the money above reserve that we'd achieved was so far ahead of Ronnie and Georgia. Whilst we were like so excited and grateful, we had we didn't feel comfortable going to see Ronnie and Georgia because we've just wiped their chance of winning out, and also one of a load more money. But it was very mixed. You were there, Jules, if we even talk about that moment. You you were there with us sitting on the couch. And we don't want to talk about us, but that experience, and people will have seen by now the shock that we experienced. We were completely, I mean, I can't remember a lot of what happened in that auction. And I remember looking at you. Mm. And at one point, I think when the bid had gone to four million, it was, I don't know what's going on here. I, It's so... I walked out almost a bit bewildered with mm. what's just happened and then walking to see our friends. And Ron and George are our friends, you know, through the show. We didn't really know them before, but through the season of the block, they're friends. Mm. And it was mixed because there yeah. was, I guess, it, you know, honestly, it's mixed with guilt about I know how hard they work and I know how proud they are of what they do and that they've just made a decision that meant we, at that point, we had won a lot of money and we had a potential to win, which we'd never thought. We, yeah. you know, Mitch, you walked over. When we were walking over to auction, we walked mm. past our house. We were so nervous. And Mitch just looked at me and said, you know what, I'm suddenly at peace with that house is so pretty. Let's just hope it sells. I so don't we think were we'll make any money, but that – 
but I'm okay with that. Are you okay too? And yeah. we both said, yeah, we are. We've had, we've had such a great time and such a mm-hmm. great experience. And our life has changed in ways that we are now more aware. Mm. We're more aware yeah. Um, yeah. and we're more aware of what's important. Yeah. I do think that for many, many people who've been on the show and I've, be- I've become close friends with many of them over the years, not all of them, but many of them, Whenever they talk about their experience of being on the show, they never mention the money. Nobody, none of the, none of those people who are my friends ever say, you know what we took at, away from the block? 300 grand. Yeah. Mm. You know, if they do, they're, they're not the ones who have lasting friendships. But, but most people, I genuinely believe when they reflect on their time on the block, the money isn't the thing that they look back at as the, you know, the validity of that experience. Well, it was really hard, but I made a whole lot of money. They just don't think like that. They think it was really hard, but what it did for me, my relationship with my partner, my character, my, 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 my life experience is something that is one of the larger things in my life. And that's, that's cool. I love that. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash post. Jules, you, we often get people asking about how how real is it? And as contestants, contestants can often not like an edit. Mm-hmm. It's not really the way I behaved. They made me look like that. I think probably most contestants at yes. some point. I'd say probably all contestants. Whenever it's at some point. behaving badly, I always say that it is actually Julian Cress's fault. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so tell us the truth. Well, you guys can tell the truth on that better than anyone, you know, having done two series. So I often say to people, if you think for a minute that we manipulate the editing to the degree that we change the story, we change the the narrative or, to suit our purposes and tell a story that we want to tell instead of telling the story that the contestants wanted to tell, then Please explain to me why Mitch and Mark have come back to do another series. Please explain to me why Ronnie and Georgia have done two, why Elisa and Lysandra came back to do a second series, etc. Who would do that unless when they watched the show go to air, they had a few moments watching it, episode 21 and 35, where they went, oh, God, oh, shit. That's uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. I wish I wish I hadn't said that. But they but they can't say I never said that. Yes. They just have to relive that moment when they were down in the dumps or they were angry at the judges or whatever. Yeah. And they said something that they probably shouldn't have. But they they watch it and it's hard to watch, but they know, well, I did say that. So be it. Let's move on. Let's let's renovate a bedroom now instead of a bathroom. I think it's interesting, Jules had experience. I think coming back the second time, one thing I learned from the first time, and, you know, if anyone listening is thinking they would like to apply for the block, and from our experience, I go 
just go for it. Do you it. should apply, yeah. Do it. Just do it. Is you like be yourself. And that means allow you're on a TV show. There are cameras around. You are going to be recorded, but let them record everything. And I think, you know, we came back probably feeling more open about that because it will it's a bit of a mirror and you will look and go, oh, God, did I say that? But it's like, but that's okay because people are, you're human. Everyone's, everyone's got their good qualities and their bad qualities. And when you're under pressure, it might seem a bit highlighted, but that's being called being human. And mm. I understood wanting to share our story. So we had times this time that we would go and talk to producers, say, this is about to happen. Do you want to come and, and see it? And if you work with it rather than against it, yeah. It's actually, it's it's easier, maybe. I do genuinely feel, uh, and I think this is a, a, a hallmark of our show and I believe it's different from, from many other shows in this genre, I do genuinely feel like we're making the show together. The, the crew, the producers and the contestants are making the show together as a team. It's not us and them. It's not, not us chasing you around trying to tell a story against your will it shouldn't be that mm. sometimes it is sometimes people want to hide something um and good luck to them because we're i've got a pretty good team of people <laughs> who will find out uh what's really going on if they want to but but it works better when it's a shared experience i think when 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 we're telling the story together and when we're honest with you and saying well We'd like you to tell us how you feel about this because this is the story that we're trying to tell and this is what we think. And if you join us in that, what's your what's your feeling? And and how would you like to be part of this story and, and, and what's your perspective? Because you don't want to watch the show later and think, oh, man, why did we say nothing then? Why didn't we weigh in and give our opinion on that? Because now we can't. And you guys in particular, it's a, it's a very big reason why we asked you back on the show. You guys are very good at, at being there in that moment and saying, okay, we understand what you're trying to do here and we do have a strong opinion about this. And are you rolling? Because we're about to tell you what it is. <laughs> you mean those times Mitch is about to share what he's thinking, right? You often share. <laughs> Here I come, ready or not. <laughs> I love those moments. I really do. And we get so many. It's also real. I don't. I don't want people listening to think. And you know this. It's not that we're trying to tell a story and put words in your mouth, or that, or that you're trying to spin a story either. It's a real story. It's the truth. We don't say before we go into studio, well, at the end of the day, guys, you know, this isn't going to be a great night for you. But if you want to storm off and walk up and leave the studio at the end, that'll be great TV. I mean, we've never had a conversation like that in our lives. No, but, but when we you still, guys do storm off at the done end it. and leave the studio, <laughs> and, <laughs> it's, it is great TV. But it's a natural reaction. It, it, it's how you felt yeah. at that yeah. moment. And you're just like, right, we're out of here. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jules, 17 years the show's been going for. I want to talk about its evolution from where it started to where it is now. Any lows, any any times through its journey where you think you've got it, got it wrong or extra right? Extra right would have to be auction series one because we had no idea what we were doing and we had this idea that no one had, I mean, no one had done this in the world. You know, we weren't copying some other show. We were doing something for the first time. So that's pretty exciting to get to, you know, auction day 
on that Saturday and, you know, the sort of nervous excitement that I still have now. I mean, you, you've seen me at two of these auction days and you know I'm I'm not the same person on those days as I normally am. Mm-hmm. I'm just desperately worried for what might happen for you guys, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we know the show's going to rate its ass off on the Sunday night. It's going to be one of the biggest shows of the year. So as a TV producer, should I care less whether you make any money? I don't know, maybe not. Mm-hmm. But as a person who's your friend, who's, who's spent three months with you every day watching you build a home, I feel sick on that yeah. day because I want you to do well, mm. um, especially this year. It was, you know, those last few days. <laughs> um, that auction series one, when Dave, when Dave Barber and I turned up that morning and found 10,000 people, you know, in the street, we just looked at each other and went, oh, Shit. You had, you had <laughs> wow. no expectation or idea that you would have that we, many people. We, we didn't even know if we'd have bidders. Wow. <laughs> Let alone thousands of people cheering for our show with handmade signs of a logo that Dave and I whipped up in our office, you know, <laughs> a few months earlier. So, you know, that was that was the moment, you know, where we were like a, a very big high. Yeah. A low for me, which turned out to be better than I thought, but it was a, a real low moment, was probably two or three days into your first series when we were do- renovating at the Oslo, and I thought, well, this isn't going to actually work. We're not, oh, really? No, one, no one's going to deliver a room this week. I've, I've asked too much. I set up this story with this building. We, we didn't do a lot of preparation in advance of you guys coming in because I thought, well, it's just going to be so dramatic. The contestants having to make a room out of this, it'll be brilliant television. I said to Scott Cam, who also told me, he said, mate, this is this is no good. No one's going to finish. No one's going to do this room. And I said, well, we're just going to have to gut it out, mate. Yeah. You know, we're just going to have to see whether anybody can finish the room. Let's go with the story of if anybody finishes, then Scott was right and it was doable. Yeah. And then I had to just cross my fingers for the whole week and pray that somebody would finish that room in that first week. And thank God Jesse Rayburn and his partner Mel managed to cobble something together. It wasn't great, but it was it was a, enough of a finished room. Yeah. yeah. And I thought, wow, okay, I have literally gotten through that, the skin of my teeth, and then I had to start really working extremely hard to stay ahead of you guys and try and deliver at least – spaces that you could finish in a week and I learned a lot from that experience I learned I learned where the line was that I I I never knew about you know where that line was until I crossed it Mm -hmm. and then I had to you know really think hard about how we make the show in the future did it surprise you after the first week that those teams of people and builders were able to deliver what they did given the scale yeah I mean that that was a ridiculous series it never got easier it was an intensely difficult thing to finish one of those houses and it never let up. And I was immensely proud of all of you that when we got to the end of that series and you guys, you know, that, that building, I drove, I drove past the Oslo quite a lot in my travels to and from the, the blocks that we've done since. And I always look at it and look at those palm trees in the front yard and look at the scale of those homes and just think, wow. Those guys did that in three months, and I was I was fortunate enough to be able to stand and watch it. 
Yeah, it's quite monument. It's quite a monument. Yeah. I think that's interesting. You've seen so many couples. What makes a successful block team and success not being auction outcome, just a successful team? What makes it work? I've tended to over the years steer away from casting people whose relationship is not intimate. We we haven't had many examples of mates. A couple of couple of mates uh, or a couple of women who great friends they're bosom buddies they've known each other for you know since high school but they don't live together they just decided that would be fun because they love catching up on the weekends with their families so they're going to go on the block because I don't think that they have what it takes to get through it there are exceptions and there have been a few you know but I think that for a, a team to make it through they need to be a couple and and they need to have been a couple for some time. We've had a few examples of where we've cast people who've been on the show and I won't, I won't name them, but their relationship might only date back three or four years mm-hmm. when they come on the show and immediately after we finish filming, they split. Yeah. It, the, the block is too much pressure mm-hmm. for a relationship that's that young. Mm, um, you know, so that's why you tend to see people on our show who are married um, and who have spent a lot of time together and have been through things. They've they've had children, in your case, grandkids. You know, they people who who know each other well enough that they can just look at each other and know that it's going to be okay. They'll find a way through it. Yeah, yeah? it will be. You know, Jules. Then after seventeen seasons on the block. Do you do your own renos at home? Oh, yeah. I'm do, always yeah. renovating. In oh, fact, yeah? Sarah and I have just finished a renovation of our, our top floor of our house. We've just opened it up, lifted up the roof and made a new view and oh, we've wow. created a new master suite and bathroom and bedroom. One of the things that we did, in fact, because we've only just done it in the last few months, one of the things we did was inspired by Mitch and Mark. Really? Yeah. We were just getting into renovating our bathroom and it was week two on the block and you guys called up Mr. Steam and put a steam shower (laughs) in your basement and Sarah and I went, oh, that's unreal. And we picked up the phone to Mr. Steam as well and said, "Uh, well, uh, can you come and have a look at our place because we've got one of those boxes installed in our shower too. So we redesigned our whole bathroom we've just finished it and have not even had a chance to use it yet we've been so busy with the block but boy i can't wait to turn that thing on it's amazing it's an amazing product for a bathroom it's they're they're incredible well julian chris it has been a delight and a pleasure to talk to you but also we are enormously grateful to you and and all of the crew um and that, who are also we consider close friends after mm. one season, let alone two, mm. uh, to to honour us with the privilege of once again completing a season of the block, and also to all of our fellow contestants who all created homes that could have won. We were just fortunate enough that we had the right buyers. It's just all the factors on our at the time to push it up there. Yeah, it's my absolute great pleasure to have been here with you today. And it's my great privilege to have uh, worked with you on two series of the block. 
I think you, you, you're absolutely deserving of the all-star title and you're absolutely deserving of being the winners of this series and it's an outstanding effort. I know that you guys wanted to be, you know, interviewing the winners of the block today on your podcast and as you're the winners of the block, maybe I should ask you a question and I'll interview you just with one question. The question I guess that you would have been asking the winners who were coming on your show, how does it feel? Uh, it, it, it's a surreal feeling. We almost, I, th- I think because, maybe it's because we've done two seasons, I almost feel guilty taking out the win because I, I think that, ev- that everybody deserves mm. to win. It's, uh, you know what, Jules, it's an interesting question. I remember in the first season, standing in HQ waiting to go in judging and seeing the photos around, you know, that you've got the photos of the winners. And I remember seeing Alyssa Lissandra's photo and whatever. And there was something we went, it wouldn't it be nice to be on that wall, but never, ever thought. So it's surreal to go, oh, my God. And it's almost a bit like maybe for us it's a bit of redemption coming off of our last one where – Everyone worked so hard and, and you know, we had a great result, but it's, it's, we came away from it just feeling like had we stuffed up, had we, were we not good enough? So to come back and to work hard and to be lucky enough that the stars aligned and to surreal yeah. to think that we'll always be connected with, we always would be connected with the block, but as a winner, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well done, guys. Congratulations. Amazing. Well, well, that's a wrap, Chris. Thank you so much. <laughs> In for those famous words, and that's a wrap. Thanks so much, Jules. That was incredible insight. Thank you so much. You know, Mitchy, so many people ask about how do you get to be a contestant on the block, and Julian just told us. But Mark, I found it so interesting about the fact that selecting couples, couples with an intimate relationship, work so well for the block, as opposed to a couple of friends going together on the block. You know what I found fascinating, Mitch. So many people watch this show, even if they don't think they do, and it influences design choices across Australia. And we're part of that, Marky. So thank you so much to listening to our very first episode of Renault Reality with Mitch and Mark. And I have to tell you, we are really excited about who we have lined up to talk to and are looking forward to sharing our conversations with you over the coming weeks. Please. Please, please subscribe to Reality Renner with Mitch and Mark wherever you get your podcast from. Mitchie, it can be Acast, it can be iTunes or Spotify. And we also know lots of people ask you to review their podcasts, but in order for us to reach more people, it's really the best way to get us further up on the recommendation chart, which is where we want to be. So if you have a moment, five stars and lovely words about how fab we are, that would be just lovely. Please check out the show notes for details of what you've just heard in this podcast and please get in touch with us on our Instagram account, Mitch, which is at Reality Renault with Mitch and Mark. This has been a Mitch and Mark production. Thank you to Jake Taylor, our producer, and also Nathan at Talent Inc. And a huge thanks to our partners at ACAST. See you next week. Hooroo.